This is a great conversation with Sally Knopp. It was a live stream for the Conscious Awakening Network. Sally shares some really cool stories here that she's experienced with her clients that really defy healing as we understand it in this 3D experience we're having. She's got such great insights to share, and she currently has a great offer going where you can get a 25-minute private session for just $25. So jump on that. I've personally worked with Sally, and I can attest that you're going to get way more than your $25 worth. So we talk a lot about the quantum realm in this episode. I'm telling you the future of healing is quantum technology, and this is why I'm so excited about a fantastic service I've started using. Seriously, you want to check this out. Quantum Upgrade delivers a high-frequency quantum field into your life to harmonize your energy, balance your body, boost performance, and shield yourself from harmful EMF frequencies. This is a scientific, researched-back way to bring much-needed quantum into your life. I really noticed a difference right away when I started using this. I could really feel it in my energy fields. It's simple to use, super simple to use, but not so easy to explain. So use the link in the show notes and get your seven-day trial and feel it for yourself. I'm so excited about the cumulative long-term benefits of using Quantum Upgrade. I've interviewed the founder and CEO recently, and I'm looking forward to getting that episode out so you can learn more about this. But for now, use the link in the show notes and try Quantum Upgrade for yourself. This is super exciting, and I can't wait for you to try it. And now, enjoy this episode. Okay, welcome, everybody. We are live streaming this episode of Meditation Conversation with special guest Sally Knopp. We're live streaming this on the Conscious Awakening Network. Be sure you're checking out the amazing content the prolific content on Conscious Awakening Network. You can get to that online, consciousawakeningnetwork.org, that you can get it on Roku, Amazon Fire, the app. There's the radio station. There are all kinds of ways, YouTube. And so I thank all of you who are joining here today in our Zoom and Everybody who is watching through YouTube, through the recordings, who are live streaming it through the network, we really appreciate you. I can only see those who are on Zoom. If you would like to join these live streams, I do these live streams every month, the third Tuesday of every month. You can register and then I send you the link so you can join on Zoom. And that way you can ask questions, you can interact with the guest, with myself. So I would love to see you there. You can go on my website, karagoodwin.com, and then there's a live stream events, and I've got all of the live streams that are coming up. You can register and you can get the link for them. And so I welcome those of you who are here with us on Zoom. Thank you so much for being here. So I'm Kara Goodwin, and I am host of the Meditation Conversation podcast. And I am just delighted to have Sally Knopp here today. So Sally is an amazing energy healer. She's my friend as well. We've become friends. She's been on the podcast, I think like five times or something, five or six times. She's actually local to me. So if you're a listener of the Meditation Conversation, you probably know that a lot of the guests that I have are all over the place, all over the world. 
But Sally is right here in Indiana with me, but she works with clients all over the world. She has several clients in Kuwait, for example. So she is coming on today to talk about miracles of consciousness. That's the title of our live stream today. And what I love about this topic is that as we learn and hear stories about the miraculous, things that we don't think are possible, it starts to open up our consciousness. It helps us to expand because what we used to think is impossible then comes into our field, our awareness field as being possible. And so I love hearing stories that push the boundaries of what I think is possible because exactly because of that, because it opens me up and it helps to draw in more experiences that aren't so limiting and limited. So all of that to say, welcome, Sally. I'm so happy well, that you're here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And I love talking about consciousness. It's one of my favorite subjects. Yes, I know. I know. Me too. So can you just give us a little bit of your background to get started so that people can get to know you a little bit if they haven't heard you on the meditation conversation yet? Oh, gosh. Several years ago, I got really, really sick and got very close to losing my life just because I got so malnourished. Stress was killing me. And as, a, as some people who have stress, they eat. I don't eat. So I was literally dying. And the, my doctor said, you're going to have to go home and start eating or you're going to the hospital with a feeding tube. And that didn't sound fun. And just through that, knowing that I got myself into this, I figured, well, I better get myself out of it. And just in that exploration, I came across Dolores Cannon, became a QHHT practitioner. And when COVID hit, I still wanted to help people. And I was thinking, how am I going to do that when you have to see people in person? And Because I QHHT, just in case anybody isn't familiar with that, can you ex explain just a little bit about that? It is quantum healing hypnosis technique, and it is a deep theta hypnosis that gets you into the deeper states. But because you are in the deeper states, it is required through the certification that you work with a client in person. And because you know, a lot of things can happen in that state, so you have to be with that person. But with COVID, we couldn't do that. I got trained in Dr. Bradley Nelson's body code, emotion code. If anybody hasn't looked that up, take a look at that. And he talked about remote energy healing, which intrigued me. And so I thought, well, what would happen if I married Dr. Brad with Dolores Cannon? Because what Dolores Cannon taught me was how to speak to the subconscious mind. And what Dr. Brad taught me was that there's a thing called infinite mind and that through basically, if you need a really deep dive into that, you'd be looking at quantum physics and non-locality and understanding that you can connect and dial into somebody and affect change. And so I brought in my volunteers and asked, hey, would you mind me trying this? And that was a bit of a run-up. It took a while, probably about seven years to go from there to where I am today. But I learned how I can connect with people in the quantum field, if you will. And that's why I call what I do quantum healing. So we're not only going through the quantum field, we're also addressing 
imbalances in the physical body, but the mind and the spirit and the energy complexes as well. So that's my little background synopsis. Yeah, thank you for taking us through that. So with, it sounds like you were doing the quantum healing work before COVID as well, but it was it during COVID that you let go of the QHHT? You haven't been doing that? I do. I I just don't do it as often. I don't really have time because um, QHHT requires probably four hours out of somebody's day to do it. And what Dr. Brad and Dolores taught me marrying the two together was that I can move energies a whole lot faster than people coming in and trying to lay down on my couch and trying to get into a deep theta state. And with QHHT, Dolores Cannon said you have a success rate of about 60%. Now, I do work with another QHHT practitioner, and she and I have combined forces So I do energy clearing and healing prior to a QHHT session. She does the QHHT session. And we've learned two things. One, we learned that our success rate went from 60% to about 95%. And then also, she is spending a whole lot less time with people. She's getting them down a whole lot quicker. They're having a richer experience in their QHHT session. Versus coming back and doing maybe three and four to address the myriad of layers that can build up over time within our our minds, our bodies, our spirits, and in that energy as well. Okay. Oh, that's wonderful. So we came today to talk a little bit about some of the fascinating stories that you've had in your time working with quantum healing. So where would you like to start today in sharing these stories? Well, I tell you, for your listeners out there, for those of you who have not watched Caroline Corey, you can find her on uh, Prime, Amazon Prime. She um, has a show on there called Superhuman, The Invisible Made Visible. And that is such um, kind of a great place for people who are trying to understand consciousness to start um, because she, um, in this video, she shows children who are blindfolded who can read the books before them. And they're also playing soccer, blindfolded. So it, it goes to show that children have not got preconceived limiting beliefs, yet they are coming to us a little bit more pure. And so they blindfolded these kids and they've done this study. And she also, I think, does a lot of well, a deep dive into remote viewing and how that works. And that's what I would have your listeners start with. But I think it's important to highlight because consciousness, I don't know that we're ever going to fully understand it, probably not in my lifetime, because it does seem out there and a bit too woo for a lot of people. But it is so empowering if you can become self-aware that the thoughts you think evoke your emotions, those two combine create the experience that you have. And there's been numerous studies done. I was just, before our broadcast came on, I was watching Dr. Bruce Lipton, who is a uh, cell biologist who's taught in medical school. This guy's probably early 80s, late 70s now. And he was on a YouTube channel called Mark Hyman, MD. I think I sent that to you. 
I don't know that I haven't seen that, but I know who he is too. Mark Hyman is the father of uh, functional medicine. Yeah. And they did on his YouTube channel, I think it was how our genes listen to our beliefs. And he has done in the lab how our thoughts and emotions impress our genes. And again, everything goes back to the thought, the emotion, and then our bodies will respond to that. Now, Dr. Brad made the argument that if you remove trapped emotional energies, your body will begin to align itself, not have that distortion of the electromagnetic field. And by just doing that much, you can remove what they call energetic heart walls and then these other energy bubbles that sort of block your healing, remove your limiting beliefs, and your body will begin to heal itself. It's not like Sally has any special juju. I don't. Anybody who wants to learn this can and can help other people, their friends or family, or they can make a career out of it if they choose to. But that's where I would start. But to go back to one of the first wow moments I had doing a QHHT session and where that wow moment in consciousness started was when I had Tammy come and see me for a QHT. This is prior to COVID. And she had a terrible breakup and she was just absolutely brokenhearted. The guy that she was dating just dropped a bomb in her lap and said that, by the way, I'm not going to be coming back. I decided to go over here and marry this other person that she knew nothing about. And it was very traumatic. And so she couldn't understand what went wrong because up until that point, she was feeling like, wow, life is really pretty good. It treats me well and all this. It was a complete blind side to this poor girl. And so I was concerned getting her relaxed enough to get her into the theta state. But she was the natural where she could easily go there, which is a rarity, but it worked out really well. And what we did, which was new, was that we uh, did a soul-to-soul connection. What I did was I took her into the theta state And then I dialed her in to this man that she broke up with. So she could ask some questions that she was never going to get in person. What happened? Did I do something wrong? The typical story of what did I do wrong and blame myself? And I thought if we could at least get some closure, she could move on and, and we could find a sense of peace. Once we connected to her higher self, understand the lesson that we were supposed to learn in that event and get some answers. And so that's what we did. That was the approach we took. What surprised me was that suddenly she had, she started into this one-on-one conversation with him to the point I was getting uncomfortable in the room with her. Oh, wow. And I was like, should I leave? Wait a minute. No, I can't leave. Here was this very personal conversation happening. Between these two people, there was, personally, there was nothing risque about it, but it was like I was a voyeur in a personal experience that I felt like under normal circumstances, I would not be sitting in the room listening to, why did you leave? Why did you choose her? That sort of thing. She got quite a few answers. One, he was, when she connected to him, she saw him laying on the bed in a room she had never seen. And he was describing how this woman manipulated him into marrying her to basically rid her of her debt. 
So he felt very used. And when he had that realization that he felt like he lost his best friend and all this, and he was ashamed and he wanted to come back. And that was really interesting because that was not what I was expecting at all. And so then we tap into her higher self, understanding the lessons that took place, which I won't divulge. It was a very personal thing between both of them. And eventually when she came back in two, she said, I feel amazing. I now understand what happened. I am completely at peace with this. And she walked out of here with a smile on her face and she was just ready to go tackle the worm. None of us expected what would happen next. A week later, she gets a phone call from him. I'm so sorry. I was wrong. And she goes, let's talk. And so they started talking. He described the room that he was in and he described he was taking a nap and he had a very vivid dream of having a conversation with her. And he talks about what they talked about in that conversation. In the QHHT conversation. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. Mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing. And that really energized me because now I had even more questions. You well, know. I love how that starts coming back into the real world because sometimes with QHHT, you get these really fascinating stories about past lives, for example, and you get the healing that comes through because of that reconciliation of a, another life. But it can be really difficult to get that verification, like what the what she got from her her partner, where he was describing the room and the conversation, all those like pieces that came in later. That's fantastic. Yeah, and with QHHT, we never know if somebody's going to go automatically to a past life. You go to what is the most important thing that your subconscious mind wants to express to you to bring forward. And it's not always in a past life. And it's not always, and even if you do jump into a past life, it may not be a past life. It could be an imprint, and we can talk about that versus a blueprint. It could be a metaphor. Sometimes it's just that your mind is giving you a metaphor, much like a dream, to help you navigate through. So I've had people come in for, quote, past life regression and fight me through the whole thing. I don't believe in past lives. Yeah. <laughs> for why you're here. <laughs> right. And I'm like, okay, we'll just put it in whatever box you need to put it into. The healing's the same. So that's the beautiful thing. Even though we call it past life regression therapy, a lot of times it's not in a past life. Sometimes it's a metaphor. Sometimes it's actually happening in the now, in, in today. And so wherever you are comfortable where that is, it's fine. We're not here to prove anything other than to affect healing for yourself. Yeah, I love that. So did they reconcile? Do you know? Yes. Yep, they did. They did. Yep, they had a beautiful relationship. Yeah. That's amazing. So they are together. Yeah, it's a really neat thing to see happen. And the fact that it was like so real. When she called and had that conversation with me, I knew Dolores Cannon's method was amazing. But that totally blew my mind. And that really set me on the next trajectory. How far can I take this? What can I do next with it? Are there limits to this? Or are the limits what I create in my own limiting belief system, right? So that's where I went to my next client who came in for another QHHT. 
And I was talking on a video about soul-to-soul conversation, which is why my next person came to me was for soul-to-soul. She had twins, a boy and a girl. The boy was severely autistic, wheelchair-bound, and they weren't sure how much information he was taking in. As he got older, he was becoming more and more frustrated. As a mom, she wanted to be able to help him. And so she thought if she came in and did a QHHT, we did a soul-to-soul connection, she can maybe understand how to help him overcome his frustrations and make him feel better and more at peace. That was her goal. And as she came in, we connected in, and again, that one was amazingly easy too. And the next thing I'm hearing her say, again, these conversations, I make the connection, and suddenly they're in this two-way conversation that you're like trying to take notes, and thank God we're recording, so we have that the video. Because the, the person who's there is saying both sides of the conversation. No, you're like listening to, for me, I'm just like listening to one side of the conversation. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And they're laughing and saying, responding to it as if they're on the phone with somebody and you just hear the person in the room. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so she gets all, she's in contact with the boy and he, the first thing he said to her and she repeated it, which is why I know what she said, uh, or he said was, stop treating me as if I'm broken. She goes, wait a minute. I don't understand. And then, um, and I said, can you tell me what he's telling you? And then through that, I got more information because now I'm saying, all right, now you need to repeat. I need to make note of this. We can talk about this later. And that was all agreed upon because you have to have that all agreement going on, even with the person you're connected to. And it came down to stop treating me as if I'm broken. I'm not here for me. I'm here for you. I'm a seventh dimensional being. And I'm here to help you. And it's very difficult coming in and squeezing myself. That's when he said, into this body. Here are the things that I need. And then he talked about the diet that he needed and how to prepare the diet. And then he said, and when you get home, there's two things you need to remember. One, hand me the iPad. And two, I can read your thoughts. Oh, wow. (laughs) And so we're like, that was mind blowing. So we we were when we brought her up, she's like, can't believe this. And we did set that she would remember the conversation, but there were still pieces of it she didn't remember, which is why I said, Well, go back, listen to your recording, because you might be missing pieces. Because it is like going to sleep at night. And if you've ever gone to sleep at night, maybe you're listening to a podcast and you wake up and you're like, wait a minute, that's over. And then you go back and you realize that you fell asleep like at the very beginning. You thought you were hearing all of it. That's sort of how it plays out when we do these recordings. And so she did listen to it. And then she called me. It was a couple of weeks later. And she goes, you're not going to believe what happened. <laughs> she goes, I handed him the iPad when I got home. And he started responding to me in adult complete sentences. I didn't even know he knew his ABCs. What? Oh, my gosh. Wow. And I said, you've got to write a book from people who have autistic children, because what is really going on here? Is it our limited understanding that we think that they're broken? Or is there much more greater information coming in that we need to be aware of? 
and not just assume we know everything. Because yeah, the more I do this, the more I understand, the less I really know. Right. It's really fascinating because Michael Massey, who I don't know, I don't think you've met him, but he's been my mentor and he's been on the podcast a lot as well. But he worked in Sedona with a an adult nonverbal autistic woman and her mother. They have become kind of telepathic. They have like a keypad type of thing that they use as like to kind of get the telepathy going, but it's really more telepathic. So the mom is able to to speak for the adult daughter. But um, but Michael worked with them extensively and has has learned that for many, particularly people with autism who are nonverbal, they are, like you say, higher dimensional beings. And it's like they have a hard time getting grounded. Like they're, it's like they're spending so much time in higher levels that it's really, really challenging for them to get, almost like to get enough of themselves into the third dimension to be able to function as as easily as as the rest of us do but how easy is it for any of us i guess but like motor skills and things like that but they wrote they've written a couple of books and now i can't remember but her name the mom's name is Gail it's Gail and Lyrica and i'm trying to remember what the last names are now but Anyway, they've written a book and they, but it's all about like the journey of learning from a spiritual perspective, what Lyrica is going through, not only what she's going through on earth, but like what it's like for her as she's traversing these other dimensions and how she's helping humanity. And, and Michael's had some really interesting telepathic things. They went around the four corners, geographic area. Um, what is it like? Arizona, Colorado. Utah, New Mexico. Is that what makes up the Four Corners? But they did a a road trip, the three of them, and did like grid working, kind of energetic planetary work telepathically and had some incredible experiences. I tried to have a podcast with them like a couple of years ago and our audio was crazy. The technology just went it was unusable and I keep meaning to get back in touch with them. But yeah, so it's fascinating to hear your story and then also being familiar with Gail and Lyrica's story. And it's amazing. Yeah. There is, like you say, so much going on that we it's don't like understand. It's like trying to put an FM frequency down into an AM radio station. It's just almost, you can't do that. Yeah, they are definitely functioning at a higher vibrational frequency. And like I said, the more I learn about this, the less I realize that any of us know. And and the more I observe the world and I'm watching people's limiting belief systems, and I'm thinking if you just can address your limiting beliefs and shove those aside for just five minutes, your world can open up and transform you. That it's hard to do. <laughs> you know, I'm guilty of it myself, putting myself into a limiting belief box. Yeah. Totally. And that's like we were talking about. That's the great thing about reflecting on stories like this, because we do just have these patterns. We have life that we're living one step at a time and one day to the next. And we get our frame of reference of what life is like, what our boundaries are, what our limitations are. And so sometimes we do need that help to kind of blast through those things that we think we know. And then we Mm -hmm. realize like, wow, 
there's more beyond what I, what I, how I understood things to be. Did she share anything more with you about their relationship from the time after, like when she gave him the iPad and things like that? And no, we really haven't stayed in contact because I encouraged her. I said, you really need to write a book. Get your story out there. And she said, he's not ready. And when he is ready, then I'll, I'll move it forward. But she says, I want to protect him right now. And, and I get that. I wouldn't want a bunch of people coming and probing and looking at my child like he's this oddity. So I have to respect that. Mm-hmm. But last I heard, he had calmed down tremendously because his frustration is now, look, I can communicate. I am aware of what's going on. Yeah. And that she did say he can read my thoughts. And she goes, I'm really cheerful. You know? Yeah, right. Right. But he's several years out from being an adult. I'm sure it'll come out when it's time. Yeah, that's beautiful. So what, did you have another story that you want to share? Well, just one more, because I think it's so important. If you remember at the very beginning of our conversation, I was talking about where there was about a 60% effective rate when we do quantum healing hypnosis and getting into the deep sanus state. Within a few years back, when I had a lady come see me, um, she had purple legs. Her legs were swollen and purple. And I instantly knew that she had milk allergies. I said, milk allergies. And she goes, no, I've already been tested for that. There's no milk allergies. And here she was digging at her legs because she was scratch, scratch, scratch. It was just so itchy. And I'm like, yeah, she's got milk allergies. I don't care what she says. When you get the download of information, you're like, stick with it. Even though you're telling me no, you might lie to yourself, but this is what you got. And I knew it, but I couldn't argue with her, right? So... Anyway, we just got her to lay down and I just started to say, let's just go through and see where the the source of this, where is the root cause of why your legs are purple and swollen. And she laid on my couch for an hour telling me, this isn't working. You know, this isn't working. And so finally, I just said, well, let's just go play in the imagination. You're here. Let's see what happened. Meanwhile, She's digging at her legs all the time. And they're just massive, swollen, almost like logs. There's so much edema going on. And at any rate, we we played in the imagination. And she goes, well, I don't know why I'm seeing myself as this old crotchety man. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. We'll just go with it. She goes, well, I'm not under. I'm like, oh, your eyes are closed. Go with it. What else is your subconscious mind telling you? And eventually, just to make a long story short, she told me she was this New York banker at the turn of the last century, like in 1900, 1910, in that period, in a very affluent apartment in New York City. And that he had been crotchety and grouchy and negative his, almost his whole life. And it was about numbers and money and this, that, and the other. And this woman who he had hired to take care of himself in his final year or moments or whatever, was handing him a warm glass of milk and he swatted it away and that milk went all over this woman. And she started laughing. And I'm like, why are you laughing? She goes, that woman looks like me today. It was, it, that was the interesting thing. And so anyway, I said, well, why do you suppose that happened? What is the source of what's going on with your legs? 
What is your imagination telling you to remind me to be kind? That was it. To remind me to be kind. And I said, okay. Well, and then she goes, well, and then once we got done, instead of trying to bring her up like I normally would, she was like, up, ready to go. And so are you sure you're ready to go? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry this is, didn't work. And I said, well, I, you, know, you don't have to pay me. No, it was, you know, fine. It was your time. She goes, but wasn't that funny? And I said, yeah, that was funny. So a week later, or I, I think it was a little bit longer than that, about 10 days or so, she called me. And her legs had returned to normal. And she didn't change her diet because she didn't believe to have allergic reaction to the milk. And as it turns out, recently I did a research and there is a thing called milk legs. And it is a reaction to a milk dairy product that is in your legs, milk legs. Who knew? So when you did the QHHT session with her, was it, did you go through the, can we release this allergy or? Yeah, she was very stubborn. Nope, that's not working. Nope, nope, that's uh-huh. not working. But so just by her going back and remembering that life, remembering the lesson, that she seems to she have been even, enough. Yeah, she didn't even think it was a past life. She was just playing in her imagination. And I know some people say, well, I need proof. Well, good luck with that. Until you exit out, you're never going to have proof of it. Yeah. We can look at a lot of case studies. There's a lot of people out there. There's some excellent books where children have had past lives. Soul Survivor is one of them. And The Boy Who Knew Too Much. These are boys who've had past life memories when there was physical evidence of their existence and private memories that could be corroborated with the family members that was never published to. So there's ways of figuring that out. But in her case, whether or not it was a metaphor, I don't know. Was it a past life? I don't know. It was her imagination and it was her eyes were closed and she was willing to go with the imagination wherever that took her. Mm-hmm. And then once we made it, these connections, what is the lesson here? I guess it's to be kind. All right. So she made the mental connection to be kind. And not that she was unkind. I don't know that she necessarily was, but it's almost like you got to defrag your computer once in a while. And sometimes this energy just gets hung up, whether it's in the the body, if if it's in the mind, or if it's in the spirit complex, these energies can get hung up and sort of replay. Now, she might have been the nicest person on the planet. I don't know. I I don't know her in person, other than the, the time I had with her. But this was playing out in her subconscious mind. Again, it ties back into what Bruce Lipton, the doctor, the uh, cellular biologist says that your thoughts and your emotions imprint your genes. And when it can go into deeper, like the quantum field, once you begin to make a connection like that, you begin to understand if you don't have power over your own thoughts and the power over your own emotions, then you are giving permission for somebody else choosing for you how you live your life and how you express it and go through it. I hope that it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's so fascinating. Now, you've the stories that you've shared have been with the the QHHT sessions, and I know that your specific modality, first of all, is very unique to you. It's a an amalgamation of a lot of things. You've already talked about the QHHT and the emo- emotion code. No, what is uh-huh. it 
emotion coding, the body code. Mm-hmm. But it keeps the work that you're doing now is mostly remote, like you mentioned, and it's getting like like locked in and zeroed in. So it's taking very little time to help people remotely with their healing. Can you share a little bit about the evolution and where you're finding yourself now? Yeah, it kind of goes back into several years ago, I became a broker. And the word you never want to hear is no. And then you've been like, how do I overcome the objection? As you spend so many years in corporate America, you begin to feel like, okay, where is the limit? Is there a limit? And going through what I learned with consciousness in that very beginning of those few stories I just shared, I began to question, can I take it further? Can I do this remotely? And becoming certified with the emotion code and body code with Dr. Bradley Nelson, understanding how I need to talk to the higher self or the subconscious mind, learning how to dial in. And there's been a few others that have been impressed my work. David Hayes, the praying medic is one of them. It made me understand that through attention and intention, a lot can be done to move energies out of people's bodies, their minds and their spirit and actually their energy complex. And I've learned that misalignments, um, people who have like sciatic pain, send me a text, we'll make it go away right away. We could look at um, toxins and purge those toxins. It's not for the faint of heart because I'll tell you, it's so powerful that once you start moving energy on people, it can happen immediately or it can happen up to what I'm finding now in a few cases up to 40, 45 days later, meaning that when I tune into them, they'll either feel the energy shift immediately or maybe usually within 10 days. But sometimes it can be later. And how that oftentimes feels to them that they're very sick. If you are diabetic, if you have cancers and whatnot, you might begin to vomit and have diarrhea and purge for a day and, and not feel diarrhea pains or nausea. Your body just begins to purge. You might feel sudden fatigue. And I worked with um, somebody uh, about four months ago who came to me who was diagnosed schizophrenic. And when I moved energy on him, he slept for like four hours when I get done with him and he can't sleep. And he said, one of my problems, I can't sit when I go to sleep, I can't stay asleep. Four hours for him was a tremendous win. His body began to readjust itself. One of the people that I've worked with was a lady with end-stage pancreatic cancer. And that was one of the first persons that I worked with using the body code method. And Dr. Brad talks about removing one trapped emotional energy at a time. Again, is that a limiting belief? Because that was where I always go, what more can be done? And always pressing that envelope. Isn't there more that can be done? And for those who are religious, the Christians out there will understand this. When um, Jesus talked about healing, he was out there healing people like right away. He wasn't removing one trapped emotional energy at a time. It was just like, it was an immediate healing. So then I began to think some of the, the lessons were taught, and I think in, in every religion out there, as far as I can find, is that you can create the healing. The individual can do this. And it was basically, I'm showing you the way to do this. And so you can do this and you can do more, right? And so I began to challenge myself, well, what more can be done? Now, the woman ended up 
It took about six months, really a little bit of energy at a time, but she did recover and she became cancer free. But the problem with this lady is that she could not get over her negative thinking. Even though she had defeated, she, I think she had breast cancer first and then she recovered from that. And then she ended up with pancreatic cancer, but end stage, like go home, no more that we can do for you. Get your stuff in order because you're chucking out. And the only difference was me coming in and, and seeing where we could take this. And so she did, she recovered and she did, she recovered for a while. The problem I had with her is that she, through channels of people and friends, she was not willing to reach out to go further with this work. She was unwilling to see anything different other than, well, I beat it twice, so I'm going to die of cancer. And she kept saying, I'm going to die of cancer. I, I beat it twice. Well, okay. Instead of looking at the miracle that was created for her, it was the constant, I'm going to die. And so just like Bruce Lipton talks about what you think about, basically you bring about. She ended up dying this year, but not a pancreatic cancer. She ended up getting cancer in her spleen. And, and so part of the work that I do with people and what taught me um, was that when you reach out and we are doing remote energy healing and clearing, it's much like if you have a bariatric patient and you go in and you do the surgery and they lose a bunch of weight. But if they don't change how they think and feel and relate to food, we're going to gain all that weight back and they're going to make themselves huge again, or in this case, sick again. When I'm doing remote energy healing and clearing, a lot can be done. But also I try to impress upon people. If you don't think positive thoughts, if your root thoughts are always negative, your experience in life is going to be negative and it is going to increase stress levels, cortisol levels, fight or flight, which breaks down the immune system that also then begins to break down the proteins. And so there you have the avalanche of creating more illness. And I am a big believer that once we get you healthy, if you can go into that paradigm shift and think positively and feel positively, no matter what life hands you, you can stay healthy and you can create balance and joy in your life. No matter what ebbs and flows are going on in your world, it's not like the bad times are going to drag you down and make you feel like you can't crawl out of bed. You're going to be able to say, ah, there's another two-year-old child having a tantrum. Let me figure this out solve that problem and move on. That's where I would like to see everybody get to. It's my challenge anyway. It's beautiful. So Michelle Cresci is here. Hello, Michelle. So good to see you. You know Michelle too. She has a great question. Power over thoughts and emotions or separation detachment from those thoughts and emotions? Which are you a proponent of? I don't know that separation is a good idea. Because I think anything that you go through in life has value. If you're cutting something loose, I mean, I guess there's some things you want to cut loose. I guess it's going to come down to the individual and to what is needed and not needed for the soul's growth. You might have old baggage that you can go ahead and cut loose. But is the baggage also a reminder of where not to go? I guess that's where I'm going with that. I think it's individual. I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all here. Yeah. 
She says, meaning that we are not our thoughts, but yes, here to experience them. Yeah. For me, I think it's it's think, both, right? It's, yeah, no, I'm going to go with both there because our thoughts create our experience. We're thinking beings. Um, very few of us can get into what I would call the da- Dalai Lama state where you can, you know, cancel all thoughts and just be. Um, I don't know that's what this 3D earth is about. I think if you want to experience that and move on as you, you know, migrate out of the physical body into the higher realms, you can certainly get there think there's a reason why we need our thoughts. So I'm going to stick with that for right now, that our thoughts and our emotions create our reality. I think that's why we're here in the third dimension. I think that's what the third dimension experience is about, right? So you can learn to get back to, so what are the, okay, so let me dial it back and see if this makes any sense. Um, as a QHHT practitioner, being on the worldwide forum, there's a commonality between everybody that goes through that experience. They say, what is my life purpose? Everybody wants to know that. And without exception, when you dial it all down to the bareness of what that is, because you, know, you take it down to the bottom and then you can express it through many different ways. But if you get down to that bare minimum, it is about learning how to love and be loved. And we're not talking narcissistic love. We're talking about the God source energy love that is expressed from the heart. And feeling and being loved, no matter what your circumstances are. And that is the core. So then you can express out from that point. I don't know if that, Michelle. <laughs> If that answers. I, I love that. It also does make me think about the role of the heart I was going to mention. And, and then you start talking about the love and, and the expressing ourselves from the heart. But as you're talking about we are thinking beings, I believe that part of our evolution is that we stop doing so much of our thinking from the brain and it drops into the heart. And that's the expression that we have. So we're living the life through the projection of the heart through the intelligence of the heart, and that is informing our experience, which would be from much, that would change the way that we experience our thoughts, right? Because we're, it's going from that projection. But from the the studies that I read and looked at, it's always been, and I could be wrong, shoot the messenger. It's always the thought is what evokes the emotion. And so it's becoming mindful of what is the thought and what is the emotion. If the thought is, is a fearful thought, you're going to generate a fearful emotion. And so it's becoming aware first of the thoughts and then figuring out what is that evoking within you. Unless you're a guru or some kind, I, I would never know how to do this. Probably you would feel the emotion before you'd have the thought. That's an interesting question. I'd love to know more about it. Yeah, it's and it's almost like taking the thought down into the heart, doing what we can to move our, because we're not only thinking with the brain. We have this misconception that we think with our brains, but our brains are really more of like a filter. And we actually get the intelligence and communication all through our system. 
but we have this linear way of looking at it that it's coming from the brain. And it's kind of getting more of the receptors that we have all through the body, specifically the powerful ones that are in the heart. There's a lot of interesting data, like with the HeartMath Institute and things like that, where they talk about the, the communication between the heart and the brain and that the brain actually has more receptors going to, sorry, the heart has more going up to the brain heart. and the brain has going to the heart. Right. And there is like this, we're just starting to, I feel like we're just starting to understand more about the role of the heart and how there is like an intelligence there and, and almost like a brain. Some people call it right. the second and or I, third brain. And I would add a little bit to that in, in that consciousness is not in the brain. And, it's, and we figured that out when we looked at studies where they fleshed um, good images and horrific images and people's bodies would react to the horrific image before the image is actually shown yeah. on the screen. So there, there is becoming, I think what we're, I think we're saying the same thing, but coming at a, a different perspective, maybe, but there is an awareness that is going on that if you are new to, if you haven't spent like you, Kara, who spent years trying to figure this all out and you're just new to it, you're not going to probably approach it from that perspective, right? For me, when I'm talking to just the average person that's coming into this and learning about how they don't have to be a victim, they can take control of their own minds and thoughts. It is a little easier to understand that I am, I have this thought and this thought is creating this negative emotion within me. And what you're saying to them is, okay, now you're aware of that, change the thought. You change the thought and you create a, a new feeling. And this sort of comes to me from one of my clients is a professor at Butler University and a psychiatrist. And they talked about how they rewire the neural network in the brain. And that's why I tell my clients, this is just through her, is if you find yourself that you're a negative thinker, throw a rubber band on your wrist and flip it. Restate that thought to a positive thought three times. And eventually, over time, you're not going to be able to think negatively. You will create a positive neural network. There is a relationship taking place. And, then, and it's actually trying to become aware, first of all, that you're doing it. Because there are so many people who I talk to and they'll say, I'm not a negative thinker. And yet you feel like you're having a conversation with Eeyore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Michelle, did we get to the bottom of your question or do you want to clarify anything? Yes, I think definitely. I like how Sally said the thought always precedes the emotion, but I just wonder if there are some feelings, some reactions that don't even take thought, that like like imminent danger or fear. Are we really thinking what's going to happen or are we feeling that first as, as one part of it? Then power versus being aware, I think aware is more what I was thinking, like being aware that we have thoughts and emotions and we are to experience them, but but we are not our thoughts and emotions. We are experiencing them. So we have an awareness. Is Does that equate? To answer your question, yes. If you're in the woods and there's imminent danger in the woods, like the bear's going to eat you, but you haven't seen the bear, you might become aware there is something here that doesn't feel good. There is that awareness that is going on, that part where 
what your thought is saying, yeah, but there's nothing here. What are you looking at? And yet there is a predator that is stalking you. So there is that. Yeah. I don't know. Can you dissect the two? That's a good question. Something to explore. Yeah. Thank you, Michelle. I don't have all the answers. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a great question. Thank you. And we do have a, a really sweet comment from Lucinda. She says, I would I would just like to shout out to my BFF, Sally. So proud of you, my friend. You have definitely helped me and my family. So beautiful. Thank you, Lucinda. So with our last couple of minutes, can you talk about how people can connect with you? Because you have have a new initiative that is specifically for the holidays. And so I'd I'd like you to talk about that and then how people can reach out to you. Yeah, thank you. Yes, I do. We're living in some pretty chaotic times and the holidays are coming up and holidays are stressful to begin with, but there's a lot of things at play right now that make people feel really overwhelmed. And most of the people I'm talking with today just feel like, how am I going to make it? And so I'm like, we need to have something that can help people maybe kind of recalibrate and rebalance and not spend hours getting there. One, they don't have the time because they're busy with friends and family and work. And so I'm offering $25 for 25 minutes, and that will remove trapped emotional energies, um, heart walls, raise your abundance level, and abundance goes well beyond money. It goes, well, we were talking right before we um, started, I want people to think of like the Grinch who sold Christmas. Even though the Grinch might have sold all the Christmas, the Who's in Whoville are still singing joy. And that's where we want to get everybody is to feel the joyfulness of, of being that you do have a lot to be grateful and thankful for. And when we can clear those trapped emotional energies, also reduce those limiting beliefs and raise your abundance, remove some trauma energies, we can do a lot in 20, 25 minutes. So I am offering 25 minutes for $25 through the holidays um, to just help people kind of get through kind of a difficult period. And um, if you're interested in that, you can find me at sallynot.com. And that's my name, S-A-L-L-Y. A is in kitten, N is in Nancy, O is in Oscar, P is in Paul, P is in Paul.com. And you can go under book a session and um, we can uh, take care of it from there. And that would not be QHHT, correct? That would be a remote energy healing and clearing. Okay. Now, Christine asked here, she says, I'm very interested in QHHT. However, I was told that I can't be hypnotized. Is this a limiting belief or are some people unable to go under? Great question. Um, well, my gal with the milk legs, she couldn't go under, but we did a lot just by her closing her eyes, which stops one of the signals from stimulating the brain and going into the imagination. And I can do that over Zoom. And so if she wanted more of a hypnosis session, that's a different, same place, but just a different um, session. Yeah. And and I would just have her text me and we can just have a chat about it. But yeah, we can do it over Zoom. There's a lot we can take care of. Um, You really don't like it when people say, well, you can't do this because of that. I'm like, yeah. Again, that's a limiting belief. I think we're all capable of doing whatever we set our intention to. Beautiful. And I know Michelle is definitely there. Have you done QHHT with Michelle? I know you've done sessions together. I didn't know if it was QHHT. No. 
Oh, not okay. a therapy session, but but the energy um, healing. Yeah, yeah. Between you and Michelle, you're some of the cleanest energies I've ever encountered. Oh, well, thank you. Well, thank you so much, Sally, for sharing your insights, your perspective, your energy, your time. Um, I always love to connect with you. And it was such a joy to be with everybody who's joined us here on Zoom. And thank you so much. Yeah, please. Can I add one more thing real quick? Yeah. All right. So on my webpage, there's a place where it shows how to dissolve clouds. I challenge everybody who's listening, watch that video and start dissolving clouds because what that's going to show you is that you have the power with your thoughts to affect matter. Love it. Cloud bursting. I love doing that. Or Wonderful. Rain. Oh, yeah. Do it in reverse. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, everybody. What a joy to be with all of you. Have a beautiful rest of the week, and I'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love to ask you for one quick favor, and that's to share this episode with one person who you think will benefit from it. Let them know you're thinking about them by sharing this episode with them right now. Thank you, and I look forward to the next meditation conversation.